Welcome to Galaxy Forum. I'm your host, Melissa Kaplan, and we're here to explore the creativity happening in the LCC galaxy, in our classrooms and on campus, and connecting the work of our stars with our community. Today we're talking about creating cultural events across and for the community, with my guests involved in two events that happen every April. Dominic Cochran from the Capital City Film Festival. Welcome, Dom. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And Brad Hicks with LCC's Take a Stand Sit-In Symposium. Hey, Brad. Hey, Melissa. Thanks for having me. You bet. So Dom is one of the founders of the Capital City Film Festival, which is also known as CCFF. And he's director of the Lansing Public Media Center, as well as an all-around arts advocate and producer and kind of an arts activist in the community. Uh, Brad is one of the founders of Take a Stand Sit-In. He's a professor of religious studies, co-chair for LCC's Interdisciplinary Humanities Program and lead of the religion program. And as well as his work at LCC, he's an advocate and a volunteer who's very active in the area's refugee support organizations, amongst other things. And I'm so glad you're both here. This is really great to have these two, uh, the ability to focus on on two very different but but similar events. And I, I as I think about them, something that always strikes me about the Lansing area is how rich it is with culture. Uh, there's incredible homegrown talent in the arts. It's such a fertile environment with MSU and LCC and all the other schools. Um, and there's this entrepreneurial, really independent spirit um, that I'm sure exists in other communities, but Lansing is my community, so I'm really aware of it here, that is, I think it's crucial to to bring new ideas to life. Um, and a testament to that is the multitude of festivals and cultural events that, that we have. I mean, there's festivals for everything, like art and poetry and film and cars and jobs and food and beer and um, nature and science. And one of my favorites is MSU's Festival for Bees. I mean, it's pretty pretty impressive. And there's also so many different cultural events, conferences, and symposia that, you know, bring people together around themes and ideas, um, whether that's for a specific educational purpose or more of a community-wide education. Um, And so that's why I love having you both here today to talk about Take a Stand, Sit In at LCC um, and the Capital City Film Festival, because I think they share a purpose of bringing people together and, and creating community, um, whatever specific purposes they, they, they really aspire to. Um, so I really want to start out by hearing from each of you how these, these festivals and events were born. How did they get started? Who, who founded them? And, uh, you know, where, where did, where have these ideas come from? Um, so let's start with the older festival, which is the Capital City Film Festival. Dom, take it away. Sure. Thank you so much for the introduction. And I loved everything you had to say. I absolutely agree that there's a multitude of things to do here. And I always get a little frustrated when I hear there's nothing to do in Lansing. What's going on? You know, it's just you're not really paying attention. If you think that's sure. the case. Um, yeah, so the film festival was started, uh, the other kind of hat that I wear, the other job I have is the director of the Lansing Public Media Center, and that is actually Lansing's public access video facility. So 
everyone has kind of definite ideas when you hear the words public access and um, uh, in terms of the quality level that has been in the past, you know, because the, the, the facilities used to be operated by the cable companies and they always operated them because they had to. It was kind of part of the franchise agreements that they would have with municipalities. I remember being part of some crazy experimental stuff. I think it was like in the late 80s. Yeah, I mean, there's <laughs> it <was> fun. <laughs> obviously like the public access. I, I have a deep love for it um, and, and the creativity and, and everything that it engenders. Um, but like I said, the facilities being operated by the cable companies only because they had to by contract was a recipe for uh, equipment that was poorly maintained and facilities that were poorly maintained. Um, so that's kind of why, you know, a lot of times you end up with something like Wayne's World or something for public <laughs> access, right? Um, so the about 12 years ago, the, the city, when the uniform franchise law passed, the city was able to take over those facilities from the cable companies in exchange for the cable companies paying a higher percentage of their revenue. So it was a win-win situation. They were able to close down those facilities that they never wanted to run in the first place. And uh, the city had a different motivation and it wasn't a profit motivation. We were, our, our motivation was just to make it as good as it could be with the budget we had. So um, we were building this facility from scratch. It had the thought of, hey, we're going to have uh, young people and hobbyists coming through here to learn how to tell stories and make video. Why not also have a film festival where they can see the best work that gets made every year around the world and inspire them to try to work on that level? So that's kind of where the first idea of the film festival started in 2010. And um, that's you know, really interesting, you know, going from something that's so locally focused and bringing the whole world in to, uh, you know, for people in the community to experience. Um, that's that's a leap. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting, too, because, you know, like I said, it was kind of for maybe our member producers or potential producers. But we quickly found out there's a real appetite for and a love for independent cinema in Lansing. You know, we used to have the Odeon and Frandor we were chatting about before we started. Right. Um, and we just don't have a year round independent cinema anymore. Studio C's been doing a little bit of it, which has been great. Um, but you know, we need more. So, and the we, East Lansing Film Festival yeah, brings in programming and so. we're huge fans of them. That's why from the very beginning, we designed the festival to be completely, you know, we're exactly six months apart from them, I love that. uh, you know, so there's no competition. And that's another thing, you know, sometimes like the small town mentality, people are like, we already have a film festival. Why are you starting another one? And like that same rationale, if you applied that same rationale to music, you'd say, well, why do we need all these music festivals? Let's just have <laughs> one music festival, you know, so sometime true. in the summer. So, I never thought of that. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and it's worked out. I mean, obviously we, we have our audiences that are love both of those festivals and uh, we know that people want to see independent film more than just once a year. <laughs> so, Definitely. um, so that was kind of why we started it. And now we're, you know, I think this year we've got um, 370 submissions from 26 countries. Wow. Um, and we have a whole selection process to curate that down. And it's, uh, That's it's, pretty... it's a labor of love every year. We're a volunteer run and managed festival from the beginning and we remain so. And it's a passionate group that puts it on and we're just thrilled to be a part of the community. That's, you know, passion... Uh, I mean, whether it's volunteer or not, that uh, is such an important element in creating something like the film festival or something like Take a Stand. And I think of the group of people who are in the steering committee, and Brad, you can fill us in on how Take a Stand came to exist. But I, I see that passion there in 
in the group of people that that organized that too. So yeah, tell us, Brad, how did how did take how did I'm really curious how Take a Stand Sit In got a name and how it got started. Sure. <clears throat> well, I'm first going to say that there's somebody that should be sitting in my chair today. And her name is Ann Heitchie, mm-hmm. and she is a colleague of mine and probably one of my best friends right now. And I hope she knows that um, because Ann got an email um, for something called the Scholars Strike, which was asking scholars, you know, we consider ourselves scholars, to, to take a stand on an issue. And Ann sent that email out to a few people and said, hey, there's something here. And um, for me personally, I'd been looking for a platform that was interdisciplinary, that we could come together as colleagues at LCC and promote certain causes, especially justice causes, and especially using the word passion, things that we were passionate about. And this seemed like that type of platform. But the Scholar Strike was a one-time event. So we decided or wanted to uh, decide that we wanted to do something on a more regular basis. And so the Scholar Strike title wasn't necessarily something that was going to stick. And we came up with the idea that we want a platform where people take a stand. And so Take a Stand took form, and then we wanted to bring people in uh, to sit in, and certainly the sit-in has some connotations to our historical events in the 60s, and civil and peaceful, nonviolent civil disobedience. And we thought, you know, Take a Stand and sit-in both work, and so we just combined them. And it became kind of the moniker, Take a Stand, if you take a stand, we'll have people that are sitting in so that you can prompt them to then take a stand. And there's a certain circularity to that title then. And so about four years ago, we got together a steering committee of like-minded people who wanted um, passionate about certain justice issues. In my capacity as a uh, humanities professor, we have a longstanding tradition in philosophy, art, history, humanities, and even in religion about art, um, interaction with art, um, instigating, justice issues and justice stances and justice movements. And so as the humanities religion professor, I really wanted to incorporate art. So we have this kind of steering committee that wants to get to platforms where people can actually uh, put out sort of uh, um, mini broadcasts of justice issues. But we also wanted to complement that as best we could with artists from the Lansing community who can also through their art instigate and prompt us to take a stand on justice issues. And so I've been really uh, fascinated, not only by the level of uh, involvement by colleagues, but the fact that I get introduced to artists and and, uh, area events and film festivals um, and checking those out uh, in terms of how we can collaborate, not only interdisciplinarily, if that's even a word, uh, here on campus, (laughs) but even with the interdisciplines that we all share in the art community. And I'm the first to admit, I am not an artist. I have no skill whatsoever in the arts, but I've just been one of those people that it's always been intrigued by the arts and, and why I have an interest in the humanities. So I get the selfish benefit of hanging out with artists. And for me, that's, that's my reward. And I think what you, you said about arts instigating, um, you know, you see so much of it now. And I, I hear the term artivist and maybe that's not a new term. And, and some people might think it's kind of corny, the combination of artists and activists, but, um, I think, you know, 
artists have been instigators. Artists are instigators by their very nature. They may not always be creating for a cause, um, a social justice cause. We can see that with our media these days. It's, it's you know, prolific. But I think even, you know, before we had such access, artists were were, you know, out there for causes too. So it, it really is, it's a wonderful component. And film is a film is a big part of it. I have to admit to, not admit, but just, just uh, 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 let folks know I am on the steering committee. But I didn't know how the name came about. And I, I joined the steering committee, um, I think the second semester that, of the event. Uh, I went to the, the first semester's event and was really blown away by the variety of workshops and and sessions. And uh, when I was invited to join you all, I'm like, yes, I want to do this. I want to help. I want to help. I can help with these, you know, help identify community artists and help organize and and promote that. Um, So it's, you know, one of the, going back to the idea of community and both of these, these events bring community together, how do you each see the participation of the community impacting the evolution of what you're, what, what, what you've created and, and what you started? Is there a big impact? Is, is, does the community have a big influence on that? Um, you know, say in the, the film festival, um, when you first started, one thing I've noted about the film festival is you've always been in multiple locations around town. Um, how does that, was that a choice to serve the community? Was that a choice? Like we can get these locations cause we, you know, it's available and there's nobody using it. And, and I totally understand that having done theater festival the same way you get a space, you put a show in there and, and it works, you make it work. Yes, all of the above. <laughs> so it was one of those things where it, it was created by necessity a little bit because we don't have like a beautiful cinema in downtown Lansing that we could, you know, if we had that to to fall back on, maybe the festival would just be different than than it was. We're in the process of building a downtown venue right now. That, Which is amazing. <laughs> um, the Ovation. Yeah, the Ovation Music and Arts Center. So, um, but now that we've already established that the festival is something where we go out into the community and transform underutilized or unused spaces into cinemas for the week, um, you know, we bring our screens and projectors and dramatic lighting and we do what we can. We add uh, elements in the lobby, atmospheric elements like projection mapping and interactive elements to make it memorable. Um, so we, we really transform these spaces, but now that we've established that that's what the festival does, even if we do build a a home, a permanent home, you know, for the festival, like in a a new venue downtown, we're still going to be out in the community. Like that's just something that we're not going to change. So that would just kind of become the main venue, like a hub. And then we still would be doing everything we do at the other venues and the community really does impact what we do and building that community is a priority for us. We kind of, because we don't have a lot of avenues to experience independent film, we kind of made the decision early on. There's festivals that are really filmmaker focused and there's festivals that are very audience focused. We, um, although we love treating our visiting filmmakers like rock stars Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, we assign volunteers to our filmmakers to make sure that they're having a good time and driving around and taking them out to breakfast and everything. Um, We do all of that, but we are 
more on the side of being an audience oriented festival, meaning our community. Um, and it's just because we don't have a lot of ability to see independent film everywhere. So we take that curation process seriously. When we're looking at those hundreds and hundreds of films from dozens of countries, we make sure that you can't please everyone, but there is um, something that's important to us is to no matter who you are, you should be able to find something at the film festival that's going to be a deep and important experience for you. So um, we take that curation process really seriously. And, and it, that is community and audience driven, certainly. That's great. Brad, in the case of Take a Stand, how would you see community involvement, knowing that community um, is also, for this symposium, is very much a, a, a student and faculty focus, but it's open to the entire Lansing, greater Lansing community. Yeah, and I think that's the main point. We'd like it to be open to the greater Lansing community, but I'll back up a second just in terms of the connection of arts and community. Um, we have a, I teach a class right now where we're doing films this semester. That's the point of emphasis for our students in terms of looking at art, in terms of defining what it means to be human. One of our simple uh, analysis strategies is uh, three E's, that art should be entertaining, educating, but it's incomplete if it's not emulating. And the word emulating there means giving us something to copy, giving us something to do, calling us to take a stand uh, on certain issues. That's the highest form of expression in art, those three E's. So in terms of take a stand, we would love not only the, the, the more um, uh, intellectually based verbiage of somebody giving a talk to us to both entertain, educate, and emulate. But we also want to see that interaction from the arts. So we want to be inclusive of the arts community. Um, but the engagement from Take a Stand is there in the title. We then want what the artist and the professor and or the faculty member at LCC, what they bring to Take a Stand prompts us to emulate uh, their passion prompts us to emulate their civic action in some way. And so we want that to ripple out to the community, but we also, in our dreams, want to engage the community on a, lot, on a, on a bigger, greater scale so that all of us are emulating something um, from the arts um, and from Take a Stand. But not only Take a Stand, but then they can take that same sensibility to an art festival and say, hey, what am I watching here? What is it prompting me to do in order to take a stand here? Or, you know, as a religion professor, go to church on Sunday. What is the pastor telling me that, that you know, entertains in some level, educates in some level, but prompt, prompts me to emulate on some level? So what we do want to engage our student body. We want to engage our our uh, LCC colleagues. Um, I know I'm engaged on those levels myself, but if we can incorporate the community, um, then we're all taking a stand and all making our community a much better place, not just LCC, uh, but Lansing as a whole, East Lansing, if we, you know, bring our sister city in. You're listening to Galaxy Forum. I'm Melissa Kaplan, and we're talking with Dom Cochran with the Capital City Film Festival and Brad Hicks with Lansing Community College's Take a Stand, Sit-In Symposium. Brad, we call it a symposium. It's been called an event. It's been called a conference. Can you describe a little bit of, of you know, that could be any number of things. That could be a half-day workshop. That could be a week-long in-person, you know, trip to downtown Lansing. Um, 
what would people expect of Take a Stand if they were to uh, go to the website, get more info and say, I'm going to go? What are they going to? Well, right now with our COVID world the way it is, and we kind of started this pre-COVID, but COVID kind of changed everything. Right now we're online, but that's not the way that we hope uh, Take a Stand continues as we come out of COVID and safely and, and, and with the uh, all the security that we want for having live events, we would love to see that uh, we're filling up auditoriums, that artists have a chance not to just speak to us, but artists have a chance to present to us whatever that art form is. And as a film buff, I would love to have film, um, you know, on a routine basis, be part of our uh, event and see uh, a nighttime uh, auditorium uh, filled up by not only the film, but maybe the artist, uh, the director, uh, a cast member, or at least somebody who can speak to the meaning and the messaging in this film. So we we have big ideas for filling venues at some point, um, but right now we're a web-based uh, event that takes place in April and in our spring uh, fall semesters as well uh, on WebEx. Right. That is, I just want to kind of reinforce that, take a stance, hit in, happens twice a year, fall semester, kind of right around Thanksgiving, and then then spring semester in April, part of the academic schedule. And those WebEx sessions work surprisingly well for engagement. Um, One of the people we've had on, uh, community artist Misaki Takahashi, um, did a spoken word and just instantly, instantly drew people in and got them writing and sharing. And, you know, that part of that's his magic. And that's, you know, we want each each person to to share their their magic um and uh, as you said it was what three e's emulate engage and entertain entertain how could i forget entertain? i mean that's kind of the given with art entertaining educating but it's incomplete if it's not forcing us to be emulating yes indeed indeed so um i don't know that you'd apply the three e's to the film festival certainly entertain and certainly uh educate too um so tell us uh dom a little bit about some of the specifics i mean 10 days um what kind of things have you done with, in the film festival? Who's been here? And, and, you know, do you have, like some, like you said, some film festivals will focus on something in particular, but my uh, experience with Capital City Film Festival is, it's like there's almost something for everyone. Yeah, we have two more E's in our mission statement. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, and what are they? It's, well, it's just it's part of a sentence, but it, it, creating extraordinary experiences is, is, is like our priority. So, you know, we've been I've been to film festivals mostly in the U.S., but some international ones as well. And uh, many of them forget that the word festival is right in their name. <laughs> like they're kind of stuffy and, you know, just really film focused, like come see this film at this time and then you leave and go home. Uh, we really focus on the word festival and really try to create that environment and everything we do. Just like music is a hugely important part of any film's soundtrack, it's actually an integral part of our festival as well. We have concerts every night. Um, That's you, one of the, I've I probably there are other film festivals out there that do that, but sure. that's a really unique offering. And I've I've noticed how. Uh, sometimes in the past you've actually overlapped programming so that somebody might have to choose what am yeah. I going to do? Am I going to see a film? Am I going to go see music? And, um, yeah. you know, it's almost, you know, it's, it's a, uh, so many riches. Yeah. It's, it's, that's by design. I'll say, um, we, we kind of relish the opportunity to have so much, uh, so many great experiences packed in where 
we can create a difficult choice for an audience goer at some point. It's actually kind of part of the fun. Um, and that kind of goes back to, I, like I said, I get frustrated when people say there's nothing going on in Lansing, but there's always certainly room for more. You know, like we, we, we don't have a really bustling, and we're not Chicago, right? It's right. kind of what I'm getting right. at, or Detroit. Right. So so it's kind of nice. In, in South by, and I'll say we certainly didn't invent the idea of having music at a, at a film festival. South by Southwest right. is a big inspiration. Okay. And that has shown itself in a lot of the interactive elements that we also do. We incorporated TEDx Lansing a couple years uh, early on. Um, so it kind of can feel like a, a exciting conference at times too, with those kinds of events. But, um, as far as like the, the concerts and, and so, yeah, I mean, there's many times like we have partnerships with impression five or we do science of cinema for children where they can go to impression five and experience like some of the uh, mechanics of filmmaking, like Foley sound design, Ooh, nice. uh, all things like that. So on a, on the Saturday of the festival, we might have like six things happening at once and they're all going to be pretty fun. Right. So to, for us, that's part of the fun as planners. It's maybe frustrating for the audience, but also that's a feeling of excitement when you're looking at a schedule for something and you're like, Oh, this movie looks really good, but so does that one. So I have to choose, you know? So, and, and actually, so we're incorporating uh, this year for the first time, a little bit of a virtual element um, in terms of we're going to select about 25 of our films that will be able to be experienced online so if, if you experience that difficult choice this year where you might miss a film in lieu of another one uh that might be one of the movies that you can see online later at home so it'll come with a festival pass the ability to check in and, and see these some of the films online as well so yes you're absolutely right that's kind of it's it's all by design we like to create those difficult choices and make it feel exciting like there's a lot going on so and there is a lot yeah. going on and having uh the, the the different venues that you uh show films in um is really interesting because there are often venues that people wouldn't necessarily think of as as a film venue right. um and having been involved in renegade theater festival that was one of the things i loved as a, a organizer of that was finding willing business or, you know, building owners who had a vacancy and let you do something in there. And people were like, oh, wow, what is this? Where am I? Yeah. I mean, now there's, uh, like you said, the hot tub warehouse was was a really cool location for the film yeah. festival a couple of years ago. The Fledge is a is a great location for, for films. Um, and so that's, that's, I think that really also brings people into the community and it shows off the community and builds the community in a, in a really different way. Um, we're just going to have time probably for one you know, more question. I would love to know how you pivoted in the pandemic. I know we take a stand exists and, and, in WebEx, but I also, uh, I really want to know what, what each of you sees beyond this next iteration of the Capital City Film Festival and take a stand, sit in. Where do you where do you see the potential uh, for these these festivals, these events uh, going? And you choose, Dom. Me? Okay. okay, Dom, you go so, first. <laughs> I mean, personally, I mean, just being a big fan of what my team has helped build over the years. Just like I said, it's all volunteer run, um, which is exceptional that it's sustained for that long i don't know if that's it's probably not sustainable in the long run so we're actually are trying to figure out a way to um 
eventually hire a, an executive director that's pay, it won't be me <laughs> i'm currently the you already director have a job. <laughs> yeah i'm currently directing the festival along with pile ravani mm-hmm. uh, my co-director she's also a volunteer but we're looking to turn the keys over to the next generation i mean you know we have so many passionate volunteers who've helped us over the years who've expressed interest in helping to grow the festival uh being so community driven um we're again just so fortunate to have that group of people that hopefully will take the festival to the next generation especially now once it eventually can have a more permanent uh, hub of a venue like i said we're still going to be out there in the community but if we build the ovation music and art center that can be a year-round programming opportunity too so we can have more of that uh, momentum and critical mass of people being able to experience independent cinema not just during two film festivals brad Um, how about take a stand we just have a few seconds you did mention the community. Yeah, I think the the issue for us is that it is on WebEx. It is kind of stationed here at LCC. It's fledgling. It's unknown. And I think, uh, you know, I could see the next event being a more of a festival atmosphere where maybe something happens during the day that's more present, presentation-based, but at night in Dart Auditorium or other auditoriums that it becomes more performance-based. And again, back to performance, that performance is incomplete until somebody instigates us to take a stand. And uh, so I'd like to see the more performance element, the live performance element, become a next stage of development for us. That's wonderful. Boy, what a great conversation. Thank you both so much, Brad Hicks with LCC and Dom Cochran with the Capital City Film Festival for being on in this conversation today. And thank you, our listeners, for tuning in. You can visit lccconnect.org to listen to the show on demand and all the other great LCC Connect programming. I'm Melissa Kaplan, and this is Galaxy Forum on LCC Connect. Mm-hmm.